Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. I am one of your two hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a common man in Chicago. And I am your other host, Abraham Lincoln, formerly the 16th president of the United States, and now a very important comedy writer who happens to live here in Chicago. This is a political podcast featuring the perspectives of myself, a modern millennial, and those of Abe, one of our great presidents and up-and-coming comedy writers. Uh, Abe, how was your week? A very strong week on the Huckabee Hour. We had a lot of great guests and a lot of good segments, and I think it was the best week of our show yet. We really spoke truth to power. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm looking at the lineup here. We got uh, Senator John Boozman, Franklin Graham, Bonehampton, Reverend Bill Owens, and Mandy Harvey singing her new single, Masterpiece. And it was a masterpiece, Timothy. Let me tell you, that song was terrific. And as you can see, we just continue to get great guests. Um, uh, Bone Franklin is just absolutely outstanding. Right. And you have to see them do their art. Does the Huck like musical guests to finish out the show or comics? Because, you know, sometimes comics can steal the spotlight. Huck... Yes, one of the rules that we established last week at the show, the rule number two, is that yeah. the camera has to stay at Huck as much as possible. And yeah. Huck, another rule is the Huck has to look cool. Huck has to look cool. So usually if there is a comic at the end of the show, then the comic is required to like give some jokes to Huck so Huck can finish the show with some of his jokes. Right, yes, I've seen that. Uh, and, you know, not all the comedians want to come on the show because they're, you know, they're worried, I think, about being upstaged by the Huckabee machine just how funny he is yeah well this is we have this is again every week i say i don't want to talk about the show it's kind of become like you know a little boring because yeah. you know I, but i i do want to make sure that we're continuing to um educate our audience uh, you know as we strive to do on the huckabee hour and make people laugh along the way and because i have this great big established writing career now and i'm pretty much a sure thing I want to make sure that I continue to throw down the ladder to those behind me and continue to help raise the tides of all the other boats and to give back to everybody. So, Timothy, this week we have a very special episode where we're doing a bit of a writer symposium where I have a very special guest from my time, uh, probably one of the most famous authors. You've probably heard of him. And allow me to introduce Mr. Tom Taylor. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm I just want to say before before we talk about anything else, I'm so sorry, Abe. I heard what happened, and I feel just awful. Oh, what's he talking? What's he talking about, Abe? Uh, oh, uh, Mr. Taylor, this is my co-host of the episode, uh, Timothy Robert Dunn. Um, uh, Greetings, Timothy. Oh, hi there. Yeah, nice to meet you. Oh, uh, well, Mr. Taylor, it wasn't your fault. You don't need to feel awful at all. You know, I completely unrelated, and uh, but you know, because of it, I guess you and I will always be linked, and uh, you know. That's just some kind of a historical coincidence, I suppose. Yes, uh, two great figures of history, inexorably linked. And, uh, you know, I I just hope you at least enjoyed what you did, what what you were able to see, because it's one of my favorite works, one of the favorite things I wrote. Absolutely. I definitely enjoyed it. Timothy, you, you clearly know exactly what we're talking about now and, you know, throughout, because everyone knows who Tom Taylor is. Did you guys date the same person? (laughs) I mean, not to my knowledge. uh... No, certainly not, Timothy. That's a very, that's a funny bit. You know, that's like what we call a joke on the Huckabee show. Um, 
Uh, this is a pretty good joke there, Timothy. No, I, I, Mr. Taylor, please forgive my uh, co-host. He's from more, you know, modern time where he really only mm-hmm. knows, like, he, the the artists he cares about are the ones who draw nudie books. Right, right. Uh, Mr. Tom Taylor here is Comic the Comic book writers. They're not nudie books, but sorry, go on. Mr. Tom Taylor is the author of Our American Cousin. Oh, the the play you were assassinated at. Yes, the very one. But also, right. he is the uh, a very established author in his own right. Oh, so he's a comedy writer too, because that was a comedy, right? Well, it was a bit of a farce, and uh, uh, that, that, that genre has sort of lost currency, uh, is my understanding. But uh, at the time of uh, President Lincoln's death, it was certainly very popular. Right, no door slam comedies. I like it. That's great, dude. Yes, you know, a bit of uh, mistaken identity and uh, mistaken uh, which which room I should be in at any given time, uh, things like that, things of that nature. But uh, you know, uh, you know, I, what I was trying to do with uh, our American cousin is sort of. Um, uh, bring America and Britain together and uh, be able to laugh at each other and ourselves. That's great. I, I wish I could see it. I haven't um, ever seen a live production, but, you know, hopefully when things start opening it up and there theaters start opening. been yeah. one in probably a century. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, 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 what are you going to do? I mean, sure. it, it's primarily known as the play that Abraham Lincoln was shot during right. and people I think is so they, they get a little bit uh, worried about uh, what if I go to a production of this play and I get shot and it's like well you're not a president don't worry about it but yeah. you know how people are um well you know that you know you had a you people remember your name that's for sure or you know, the play anyways so you know that's great well it, Timothy that's hard to say because you clearly did not remember his name so you might want to backtrack that. And moreover, you know, I just want to state clearly and plainly for the record that I don't believe the play had anything to do with why I was shot in the head. Well, perhaps the play didn't, but I, I do feel somewhat responsible uh, for playing a small role in uh, John Wilkes Booth's uh, general mental state, of course. Uh, most people probably know he was on a house team at Ford Improv Theater. I did and not know uh, I actually coached that team for a while and gave, gave him some notes that he was uh, rather peeved by. And so, uh, you know, I, again, I just feel awful. Was he always trying to, like, push the envelope in rehearsal and stuff like that, like do these sorts of things? He usually played a guy, anytime he was in a scene with a female, he would always play a guy who was oh, very no. horny. Oh, no. Yes. And he would he would try to kiss them, but he would say, I would say, I would give a note, like, you know, uh, you want to, people you're improvising with to be comfortable with you physically, etc. Yeah. And uh, he would say, I was just playing a character and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just no good. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe it sounds could... like he was always trying to win the scene, which you got to hand it to him. I mean, <laughs> that's the goal. Oh, yes. Every, I would say you can lose the argument. But, uh, and in fact, it's better if you lose the argument in an improv scene. And, and John Wilkes Booth would say, but I'm arguing in favor of slavery. I can't, I can't lose that argument. It's impossible to lose. Right. Um, wow. I, did, I I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know that um, what sounds like long form improv was like a thing you guys did back then. Was it just like as part of like acting rehearsal or, you know, did you have theaters and. <laughs> 
Well, the Ford Improv Theater, everyone knows the main Ford Theater, the one that you were shot in, Abe. I hate yes. to keep bringing it up. Yeah. But um, the, the, the Ford Improv Theater was a black box, um, actually, between uh, a mead hall and a stable, uh, uh, sort of a, around the corner from the Ford Theater. It was loosely uh, affiliated. I uh, see. Yes. Um, so whenever I was in D.C., I, w I would try to teach a workshop or two. And, uh, and uh, I, you know, I had an extended stay in D.C. because my play was being put up there and the president was going to be there. Everyone was very excited. I remember John himself was very excited to hear that. Uh, I said, yes, uh, it's true, John. Uh, the president will be there. And he said, where? Where will he be sitting? And I said, oh, I think he's going to be in this particular box in the balcony. And uh, then Wait. I sort of... Uh, uh, I told him about who, who you know, uh, he, he was interested in then learning about the ushers and sort of where they would be stationed and things like that. And so I, just, I gave him a little bit of information of what I knew. And, uh, you know, again, in retrospect, I just feel awful about what ended up happening. Uh, well, I suppose there's no way you were to know that he was asking all these very specific questions because he had what he had in mind but right. uh now in hindsight yes it seems clear that you possibly were the most important source in his whole plot so yeah i guess um i guess uh well apology accepted i suppose you know in retrospect it was a very unusual question when he asked me how much of your hat is occupied by your head uh, he seemed to want to know you know exactly yeah, no one, how high no up the head went that. in That's the hat a very weird question I also, I don't think I was wear a hat inside at a theater. I mean, if I was at the black box theater, I would be wearing my hat because it's so close to the stable. You don't really feel like you're actually indoors. But we right. never went to the black box because we always heard like it was kind of hit or miss. Like you never knew if the show was going to be good or not. Mostly and, miss. Yeah, I, they, they had all sorts of uh, uh, bits. And, and um, what kind of was, was uh, John Wilkes Booth, what kind of editor was he? Would he edit scenes? Uh, Early or late or or how would he how would he well, have eyes usually, for the piece? If he wasn't in a scene to begin with, he would usually play a wacky waiter, uh, regardless of whether the scene was set in a restaurant or not. Uh, he would usually come in and uh, try to serve some sort of unusual dish or uh, uh, an odd drink, uh, That's and what then I do. if yeah. yeah, and then if they didn't, uh, if the other people in the scene didn't really seem to want him there, he would then sweep at it and start a new scene as the same wacky waiter character. Yeah, that That's makes weird. sense. I felt like everybody always wanted my wacky wear, wacky waiters when I came in. So it's weird that people would not want that. Um, yeah, they just weren't ready for it, perhaps at the time. Timothy, he was just uh, seems know. like it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a good. To, that's good to know. I, I I don't regret not seeing John Wilkes Booth uh, improvise because I feel like I've seen what it was like when he was prepared so i don't need to know uh, the the converse but timothy uh, we, we got sidetracked a little bit and yeah. we hear uh tom and i have been discussing that uh, through email you know we want to make sure that the listeners uh, get some good advice because there's a lot of podcasts out there who give they give writing advice and yeah. we're two very established writers who just want to kind of share our process um well three and, i mean we're, we're we're three very established writers and you know well, oh well, true. Yes, you've done some uh, copywriting. Uh, that's that's for sure. Uh, well, I guess we should start there, Timothy. Do you have any like questions for uh, Tom and myself about? Uh, no, writing? I did. Uh, no, I was like, yeah, I got a question for you though, actually, Abe, because you you're only writing. Um, at your job that pays minimum wage, you are only writing. Um, 
like for Huck now, right? You don't have any other writing projects going on, really, right? That's absolutely not true, Timothy. Listeners of the podcast will know that I have written most of a screenplay called President Metalhead, the president who can't get shot in the head. It's mm. loosely inspired by some biographical details of my life, but mostly of it, you it, getting shot in the head. Yes, a little bit there, but uh, that's just where the story starts. The right. story is mostly, you know, another Michael Bay vehicle. And as you know, friend of the podcast, Mary Beth Smith, is out in Los Angeles right now shopping the podcast, right. uh, sh- shopping the, the screenplay I re- wrote uh, to Michael Bay. So we're just waiting to hear it back. I'm sure that, that, you know, I got that iron in the fire. I'm sure it's going to strike gold. We really got to check in with her. It's been like three years, I think. Well, she's, you know, I know, um, we'll, we'll send her an email. I'm sure that, you know, a lot of times scripts take a long time to get made, especially this one. There's like a lot sure. of um, CGI and, and we don't need to get into the details of the script. I don't want to, to bore um, yeah. to, to Tom well, here, but it, it's a it's a stone cold classic. I, I, I just want to say, I mean, I, I know what it's like trying to shop around a script, trying to get it made. Uh, I, I took a trip out to Los Angeles uh, towards the end of my career, and I said, uh, hey, th- I think this would be a great, our, our American cousin could make for a great movie. And they said, well, we don't really have the technology yet. It's going to be at least uh, probably 20 more years until we can make one that's more than like 30 seconds of a train right. uh, pulling into a station, etc. But yeah. um, And so, you know, the, 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 you can get stuck in pre-production hell uh, for, for decades uh, before they finally, you know, make a, a camera um and lights and like uh things like that so i know what it's like uh well abe tell you what since uh mr taylor is here why don't you like hit him with your elevator pitch um for the movie ever in case you're ever like in the room with producers or something like that oh absolutely i'm in the room with producers all the time so this will be a piece of cake all righty uh i'm in the elevator and i'm waiting for mr taylor to come in Uh, hello I'm there. Oh, the you elevator. first. You first. Oh, I'm sorry. Pardon me. Oh, uh, excuse me. This is actually just a two-person elevator. I don't think there's actually room for you. Uh, Why here but not me? Of room. Uh, well, fine. Uh, I'll take the stairs. <laughs> uh, well, that man was I'm, in very bad shape. I, I, that seemed like an interesting guy. I'd love to hear what that guy has to say. I wish him luck on the stairs. He doesn't seem like he's conditioned for that kind of aerobic exercise. Uh, a- anyway, uh, hey, do you remember the movie Battleship? Battleship, Battleship. No, I've been dead. Oh, I- I've also been dead. Oh, well, we have that in common. Absolutely. Hey, you should get caught up on some of these movies. There's something called the FX app, and you download it, and you can stream all sorts of movies Ooh. that they show on the FX network, so either FX or FXX. Now, do they show the edited-down version for TV, or do they show the full unedited version with swears? It's edited down for TV, and they edit the swears, and the best part is that they kind of make them more concise, so you have, like... You can watch like a two and a half hour. I'm movie sorry. Just okay, like... I got a timeout on this pitch, Abe. You're not doing this. You're not. You need to get to the movie. You you are in an elevator with this guy, and he's gonna get out soon. Well, what are you talking about? Elevators take like ten minutes. No, they don't. No, no, not anymore. I, I don't know what you're referring to, but you need to get to the. Back in my day, elevators took like ten minutes. Yes. Uh... Yeah, I, 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 the only elevator I rode on back in my day was steam powered, and it uh, you had to wear goggles on the elevator, or you would get you would just be burnt. Your eyes would be burnt to a crisp. Yeah, you lose eyesight 
you know. Okay, uh, guys, so. you don't just keep in mind you don't have to worry about that in a normal elevator nowadays. <laughs> well, you know, okay? what you have to worry about is some sort of old Mister Monopoly man trying to water on an elevator. What the hell was that? That Timothy? that <laughs> may happen when your elevator pitch is going on. So I wanted to prepare you. Now you use your improv magic to get me out of there, and uh, that's not always going to be the case. But let's. It's like a John Wilkes Booth walk on there. <laughs> let's. Just try it again. I won't interfere. Abe, you need to get to this pitch quicker. I liked where you were going with Battleship. Always give them something to compare it to, but let's jump back in here, okay? Is that a rule of elevator pitches? Always give it something to compare it <laughs> you to? You want to be like, it's like Bad News Bears meets, you know, whatever. Like Battleship. I don't know what that would be. Well, actually, let me write that down real quick. <laughs> I, I when, when I was pitching Our American Cousin to be performed on Broadway, I said it. Uh, it's like... Tartuffe meets um, some sort of American culture. I wasn't really familiar with any Perfect. American stories at the time. Um, so, Abe, let's uh, let's just try it again. Again, be a little more focused here. All righty. I'm on the elevator waiting for someone to join me. <laughs> Ding, I'm here on the elevator. Why, hello. Uh, boy, we don't have much time in this elevator because it goes so fast these days. I know. I was just reminiscing about how elevators used to take at least 10 minutes per story. 10 minutes, yes. And then you had to wear goggles so that your eyes, so your wouldn't, eyes get wouldn't be burned by the steam. Correct, correct. Yeah, absolutely. They're so much better now. Oh, here we are, the top floor. I guess I'll be getting off. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's cut, let's cut it. Let's cut it. Abe, you wasted all your time. Well, I don't have much time because the elevators are so fast. Okay, fine. Let's let's assume they're somewhere between the length of time it took during that scene and a steam-powered nightmare elevator. Okay. Okay. This is it's somewhere in between there. This is like that short-form improv game you play on OnlyFans, like compression, <laughs> where you do the same scene over again in different amounts of time. It is, yeah. Uh, Timothy. Yeah. Fine. All right, we'll try one more time. One more time. I'm on the elevator, and no one else. I'm is already on. on the elevator. Oh, where were you? You were behind me. Yes, I'm sneaky. Wow. That is excellent. You know who else is sneaky? Uh, the Transformers, because you don't notice that they're mm. around because they've been like your car the whole time. Hmm. Yeah, and you know what if um, you know Transformers didn't just exist like in modern times, but like throughout history. Like, what if like back throughout history all the bad guys were always like decepticons oh so you're saying if a horse and buggy could transform into a robot yes and then that robot was like a confeticon and it was like a hybrid between a decepticon and a confederate wow this is quite the idea well it's just an idea but i think if that exists then you have to figure that abraham lincoln is going to need to or an abraham lincoln type is going to need to come and, you know, take care of all these confeticons and bring balance to the, uh, to the, to the world again. Is it just me or is this elevator stuck? <laughs> okay, let's cut it there. You know what, Abe? Better. Not great, but in a, a much better place. I was working with what I had, and that was that I had a sneaky guy <laughs> standing behind me the whole time. Right. Yeah, that probably won't happen in real life. <laughs> You'll know who's in the elevator when you get in there. Well... I feel like I didn't do a great job of explaining my script, which is President Metalhead, the president who can't get shot in the head. Yeah. And there's so many other details I would have liked to, 
to, to stress, but Mr. Taylor, I don't want to waste your time. If you're interested, I mean, I'm sure you haven't read my script or anything, but I'd be happy to send you a copy at some point and, uh, when it's finished all the way. Of course, I would love to uh, read a script about a horse and buggy turning into a robot and just rampaging across the countryside. Yeah, well, just for the record, there's no, like, horse and buggy that turns into a robot, but, like, there's a lot of other things that, you know... I think the horse's head would be the robot's head. Yeah, this is sounding good, actually. I I really like what Mr. Taylor's bringing here. Well, I... Yeah, I see where you We could call it Our American Horse and Buggy Robot. Huh, yeah, I see where you're going with this. Uh, I think I kind of envisioned a different direction, but... um... It's just gonna be a lot more fun to watch on screen. Like, the... You know, I, I'm a big fan of you as a, as a writer, Abe, but just, like, your scripts aren't very tactile, and, like, um, yeah, the, the, the really think about this buggy thing. What do you mean my scripts are not tactile? They're, you know, you can't really, when you're reading them, see what's going on and picture it, because it's just, like, I don't know, it's just people talking and shooting. There's, there's not, mm. like, show-stopping scenes. I mean... Uh, I haven't read your writing, but uh, certainly you have characters entering in and out several times over the course of a scene, uh, slamming the doors, etc. I don't have that now, but I could easily add it if you think that would really um, help sell the script. Now imagine if Lord Dundreary, my famous (laughs) character from Our American Cousin, encountered this horse and buggy robot and mistook him for, I don't know, perhaps uh, another nobleman. This is sounding good. You you should get him on the on the script. Have him do a draft. You know, I I think that I'm always open to collaborating, but sometimes I think when you have one specific vision, it's best to kind of just see it through from start to finish on your own. Of course, of course. Yes. But excellent. Yeah, I'm glad. I think we came up with a lot of good ideas here, and I think we've answered a lot of very important um, writing questions. You know, and given people a lot to think about. So. Uh, um, yeah, that that was good. That was a good uh, good episode. And uh, uh, my um, yeah, and I'll think about the horse and buggy robot thing. Uh, I could see that kind of coming into play. Definitely like, do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That that is the best idea I've heard all day. Yeah, I think that's just what you've been missing this whole time. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the script was really missing anything. I think uh, you know, it's still in pre-production, and huh. I'm sure Michael Bay is going to have ideas. So we'll see what how much we get added. Uh, in there or whatnot so yeah okay i'll uh yeah mr mr taylor thank you so much for joining us thank Um, you if anyone has questions about uh abe's uh metal buggy script email us at 15 minutes with lincoln at gmail.com that's numerical one five minutes with lincoln at gmail.com uh and as always rate review and subscribe to the podcast um yeah guys any any last tips out there for aspiring writers it's not a metal buggy script. It's a metal head script, just for the record. Like, you guys pitched kind of a metal buggy, like horse and buggy thing that might happen, but it's still President Metalhead, the, he- the president who gave a shot at the head. Uh, just want to make that pretty clear. Okay. Um, and I guess my advice would be, if someone offers you a great idea, take it. Take the note. Yeah, don't fight the note. Just take the don't note. Don't fight the note. No. You, uh, you know, uh, that's what Booth always did. He fought the note. And then the note won. In the end... Well, I certainly don't want to become, I don't want to become him. So, uh, yeah, I guess. I, All right, then write that buggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can put a, I can put a buggy in, I guess. Okay, uh, folks, we'll see you next time on 15 Minutes with Lincoln. Ta-ta.